Good morning. It does feel good to say that here, and we are thankful for the opportunity to be here this morning. We are thankful that you are here. What a great day. We're thankful for our visitors. Uh, we're excited for our services this morning. We're excited for a, a shower or two this afternoon for two of our young ladies and their fiancés. We're thankful for our services tonight, and we'll say more about that in just a moment. We're thankful for the beautiful weather. You know, we traveled home yesterday, uh, and it felt like we'd traveled back to Minnesota. Maybe we'd gone too far when we, we got home last night and started unloading the van, and Campbell pulled out his Carhartt jacket and was wanting to uh, put it on to help work outside. So uh, we are thankful for a nice, beautiful day and the opportunity to be here and be together. We did miss being here. Uh, if you recall, two weeks ago, we were at the Estes Congregation out in Henderson, Tennessee. I had the opportunity to speak three times that Sunday where I grew up. The congregation with a lot of folks that, that took good care of me and helped raise me, and I was just thankful to them and for the opportunity to be with them. I joked with them that I hadn't spoken three times in a long while because we weren't meeting just yet on Sunday night. Uh, I may have been a little out of practice, but I was thankful for the opportunity to be there. We were able to vacation last week in the Gulf Shores area. We were thankful last Sunday morning we were able to visit with one of the area congregations down there in the Gulf Shores area and on Wednesday night with the church at Interarity Point uh, down near uh, Perdido Key in Pensacola. And we're just thankful for the opportunity to be home again. I'm thankful to those that filled in. I know I'm home again because I'm getting a hard time. I had a couple Sundays where everybody was nice to me and nobody poked fun at the preacher. So it was, it was nice, but it's always good to be home. I am thankful to not only Mr. Jim a couple of weeks ago. I know that you enjoyed him a whole lot. Uh, we've really enjoyed getting to know Jim and Janice over the last few years as they have been in the Dunlap area. But thankful certainly for Charles as well. May, which is almost over, has been designated as Mental Health Awareness Month. And about a month ago, I asked for you to come back on a Sunday, because we had talked about grace one Sunday, and then we were going to kind of have a follow-up sermon the next week, and I'm going to ask you to do that again. Because next week, we want to have a, a special sermon. It's not necessarily different than anything else. We want to talk a little bit about Christians and mental health. We're thankful for the good example of one of our good families uh, a couple of months ago and the way that they shared with us. It's an important topic. It's interesting sometimes. We preach about the Bible. We preach about evangelism. We preach about the church. But there are certainly other things that we need to cover from time to time. And it seems like this is something that we really want to consider for a few moments. It'd be encouraging for you. It'd be encouraging for those who may be able to view online, but we hope that you'll come back next week because we want to talk about this a little bit. This is the end of May. It is May uh, here even today, but there was one reason that I decided to delay that lesson, and it's because today is also a special day. In case you hadn't heard, we are very excited because we've reached another level, if you will, in our return to normal as we kind of think of it. You may have seen the title in your bulletin already, if you have your bulletin and, and, uh, in front of you and had seen the titles to the lessons. And yes, I've already been reprimanded by two of my children for not having the blanks as usual in the bulletin, so we'll get back to that in the next few weeks. Um, but you may have already seen the title. We are thankful for the opportunity to restart our Sunday night services, our Sunday night worship services again. If you're visiting with us, this may be a lesson that might not mean as much to you in a way, 
Although certainly the principle of being faithful to attending the services of the church is a biblical principle. It goes beyond these walls. If you're visiting with us, you're a member somewhere else, it would apply. If you're new to the area or new to us, maybe not a member here, we want you to know how serious we take something like this. And so it certainly is a biblical principle as we're going to see in the lesson this morning. Although if you're not a member here, it's going to be just a little different. I just thought I'd jump in with both feet. You know, we're back from vacation. Just go ahead and, and get right in there and step on some toes this morning. I appreciate Don's prayer uh, that we would have the courage to say the things that need to be said. This is one of those lessons. It's not necessarily uh, evangelism-based. It's not necessarily a, a deep lesson as we think about the Word of God, but it's something that we should consider. Sometimes Sunday night has been the forgotten service. And I ask you, as we jump into the lesson this morning, to consider for just a second, what do you think of? You don't have to answer out loud, obviously, but what do you think of if you think of Sunday night services? Is it that it's a lesser service? Is it the idea that it's only for those who maybe had to miss on Sunday morning for some reason? Is it an afterthought for some people or been an afterthought for you in your life? Is it something that you've considered optional before you know everybody's there Sunday morning that's the biggest crowd so Sunday night it's you know there if you want to or if you like to it's been about five years ago but I, I found a study someone quoted from a study that was done about five years ago and that study said that just five percent five percent of churches had a traditional Sunday night service now, I do believe that's in a large-scaled number. That's not necessarily just churches of Christ or maybe any one particular group. But in a general study, it was considered that just 5% of churches had a traditional Sunday night service. And while we're talking about numbers, the other reason that this is a worthy discussion for us is because even those places that do have a Sunday night service... The people who choose to attend at both services is usually a much different number. In some places, the number can drop as low as 25 to 40% of those who were there on Sunday morning. And at Saudi, we were thankful that before the pandemic, we would often have about 65%, if we just kind of do a, a general crunch of the numbers, that we would often have about 65% of the number that we had on Sunday morning. And that's okay, but why should a person, why would a person consider coming back to the building for services on Sunday night? Why does it matter? And those numbers that we just talked about are interesting, but as always, what we are concerned with is what the Bible has to say about the matter. So, before we get into our four main points this morning, we, we first need to have an honest discussion. All right? I ask you quite often to be honest with yourself. I'll be honest with you. I'll try to, as honestly as I can, understand the scriptures and present them to you. But you have to be honest with yourself just as, as I do. But let's have an honest discussion for just a moment before we get into our four main points this morning. In case you didn't know, this may be a news flash to many people, but there is nothing in the Bible that says that four hours is the magic number. Now, you may be saying, where do you get four hours from? Well, typically in the past, it's been common, not only here at Saudi, but for many places to have a Sunday morning Bible class. It's about an hour, Sunday morning worship, Sunday night worship, and Wednesday night. Four hours a week. That's, that's what we usually say. We, we're here together. 
And so there's nothing actually biblical that says that four hours is the magic number. Let's, let's just put that out there. There's no verse or verses that mandates a certain number of hours that the church should meet on Sunday or any number of hours during the week for that matter. Now, some people would hear that and they would say, well, you're making the point for me. If you're saying it's not mandated how many hours, then why do I have to be there? But I would just say, if you think that, then maybe this is the lesson that you need to hear. Maybe this is something that you need to consider. And what I ask of you this morning is that you listen to what we are about to say, to what the Bible has to say about our services and our attendance to the services of the church. And let's consider together this morning these things. It's not magic. You're not condemned to an eternity in hell just because you missed one hour of that. You're not going to have your place automatically punched into heaven just because you attend all four hours. None of us are perfect. Some of you have been here for years and probably attended thousands of hours of services here at this building. But it's nothing magical about that because none of us are perfect and we're going to miss from time to time. But why is it that you should be here on Sunday night? Why is it that we've made such a big deal about it, that we want to spend time talking about it even this morning? Four points, and the lesson will be yours. Number one, because the elders have set this time or that time aside. Now, there may, no, there may be no passage like we talked about a moment ago. There may be no passage that says, thou shalt be there on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Thou shalt be there four hours a week. There's no passage like that. However, there is a passage like Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Hebrews 13, 17. What about Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28? Paul is traveling and he's not going to have time to, to get to Ephesus. He calls the Ephesian elders, elders to meet with him. And as he's giving them encouragement, he says, Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, to shepherd the church of God. One way that our elders watch over us and care for us is to set certain expectations. And one of those ways is to say, this is when the church of Christ that meets at Saudi is going to be together. That's just one way. There are many other things we do. As Gary mentioned, we're thankful for the things that took place on Friday and the, the clothes closet and the things that we can do in that manner. There are ways to meet other needs, but this is just one way that the elders say that we should be here. The church is going to meet at this time, and so they expect us to be here. This is when we're going to open our doors and not only have a time of gathering and fellowship, but also a time of serious Bible study and worship. Again, Peter this time, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 2. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. I love our elders. I know you do too. I want to support them. They have said that we are going to meet and study and we should follow their lead. And let me be clear. This could be the only point of the lesson this morning and we could leave it right there. That's it. If we are here as members of this congregation and we are submitting, submitting to the elders and they say that the church is going to meet at these, these times, then we need to be here. That could be it. But as we're going to consider to see, or going to continue to consider through this lesson, there's a little more to it. I love our elders. I want to support them. They could say this is when we're going to meet and this settles the matter. You know, we don't usually argue with the elders when they decide to spend money to buy a bus for the church to use. 
We don't usually quibble or, or protest when they decide to allocate money to uh, mission work in India or another for, foreign country. But when our elders say that one way we are going to feed the flock is to have two services on Sunday, well, I'm a little busy. Uh, they, don't use, they don't really mean for me to be there then, do they? That's not what they're talking about. The elders have set our times to be together. We should honor them and that, and this settles it. Because when we think about meeting, there may be no passage that says that 5 o'clock on Sunday night is sacred or 6 o'clock on Sunday night is sacred, but honoring our elders, their responsibility to teach, and one way that they do that besides themselves teaching which, by the way, we had a lesson, I think it was two years ago, if I, if I looked it up correctly, 2019, the summer of 2019, about why you should be here for Bible class. That was the same point at the very end of that lesson, because our elders say so, because they've set aside that time for teaching, and our elders do teach in various uh, capacities at different times, but other ways they say, well, you know what, we're going to hire a preacher. We're going to ask him to prepare lessons and to present those, and so we're going to teach through him by using him. And we expect for you to be here during that time. Why should you be here on Sunday night? Well, one reason is because the elders have set that time aside. Look, I know how much we all have to do. I understand how busy we are. Our family is as well. But this is a time that is set aside and we should want to be here because the elders have requested it. The church is going to be meeting. Are you a part of the church? We'll come back to that more in just a second as well. Number two. Why should you be here on Sunday night? Well, because you want to study the Bible. Let me ask you the question. How much is enough? We, we challenge you this year to read the Bible through or to begin to read chapters and, and books of the Bible and sign our banner out here that is filling up, by the way, already as we're nearing the halfway point of the year. Sign your name that you are reading the Word of God. Have you ever read any part of Scripture and got through and said, I really don't remember what I just read. I didn't actually gain anything out of it. That's my hand raised, by the way. I'm a part of that. I can sit down and open my Bible and read words and get to the end and not learn anything, not have gained anything. If you want to study the Bible, it encourages us to be here together. I understand that on Sunday morning in our worship service, you know, there's no response. I don't ask questions and you, you respond back. And it's usually that way on Sunday night. It's not a class setting, as we say. But I hope that you're learning something. I hope that you're getting a little more study as opposed to just reading. Hopefully you want to be here because you want to study more. What if you had an opportunity to study more or, or with someone else? Again, someone prepares a lesson. Someone works and, and lays out the thoughts and then shares them with you. You're going to gain something from it. 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse number 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. That's our purpose in life. We go to the doctor, and the doctor tells us, really when we're younger, how we are growing, how we are progressing. We have charts for our children to see. What if we had a spiritual chart? What if we plotted our growth? Would we be going up or growing would we be going down? Would we be stagnant? What about the opportunity to grow? You recall in Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47, we discussed this in class this morning. It was brought up as a part of our discussion here in the auditorium class. But the early church is at work in Acts chapter 2. We know Acts 2.38, we think about being baptized for the remission of sins. But very quickly, right there, we see the church begin and get to work. 
We see the things that are taking place. In verse 41, there are about 3,000 souls that are added. We'd love for that to take place today. But what do they do after that? Just a few short words in your Bible. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and teaching. They get to studying. They get to hearing what the apostles have to say. And growing is what the early church was doing. What about Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6 and the Beatitudes? We've briefly touched on this in our Wednesday night class. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who, what are the two words there? Hunger and thirst. Have you ever been hungry or thirsty? Someone asked me if we ate at Lambert's down in Foley, Alabama last Sunday. I said, well, we were there Sunday and we called as we left the church building to go and they said the wait was two hours We said, we've got a five-year-old. We're not going to wait two hours because he's going to lose it before we get to the front of the line and get our table. Have you ever been hungry before? Have you ever thirsted for something? Uh, Later that afternoon, we had the chance to go play uh, some mini golf, you know, in the area there. No shade, all sun, 80 degrees. We were about to die. Have you ever thirsted for something in the heat of the day? What does it mean to hunger and thirst after righteousness? Do you want to study the Bible? Most of us would say, yeah, I read. I read my Bible. But if you have an opportunity to study, why wouldn't you take advantage of that? What about Hosea chapter 4 and verse number 6? Hosea, even going back to the Old Testament, God lays out a principle. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you, seeing you have forgotten the law of your God. Why would you pass up the chance to study? to study the Word of God, and to grow. Now, if you'll come back tonight for our services, we're going to talk about this a little bit. You know, Sunday morning is usually a lesson that's a little more evangelistic, maybe. It's a little more reaching out if we've got visitors or those who maybe aren't Christians. Sunday night is a time that we can get into some meatier lessons. We can talk about certain things. I I forgot to look when I got here this morning, but I meant to pull out the bulletin because we had done the bulletin last March, a year ago, on Friday, before we had to cancel our services that week in March, and I believe it was a question and answer period. It was related to our study of the book of Luke, as our young people were studying that for the last leaders program. That's a great idea very often on Sunday nights, is to have some questions and answers, a chance for you to ask questions and for us to consider those things together for just a few moments. Sometimes on Sunday night, we can get a little meatier into the study of God's word. Why should you be here on Sunday night? Well, our elders have requested for us to be here, for the church to meet, to assemble. But we have a chance to study the Bible as well. Number three, why should you be here on Sunday night? Because you want to be with your family. Some of you have family here. Some of you are family here. Some of you have no family around. And I'm talking about blood, physical family. Sunday night is an opportunity to be together. Most of us wouldn't miss a family gathering of our physical family There may have been a time that you wouldn't dare miss lunch at grandma's house on Sunday afternoon to be with your family, but our spiritual family, well, that's okay to put off. You know, I don't, I don't know everybody that well, so I just, I won't worry about it tonight. Someone once said in in reading my reading, someone once said that Sunday night is a members meeting. It's not for members only, but I kind of like that idea. You know, we don't often have visitors like we do on Sunday morning on Sunday night. That doesn't entirely capture the point, but I I like that thought. It's a chance for for the members to come together, to be together, and to really study and to fellowship with one another. 
That's the encouragement in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 13. The Hebrew writer would say, exhort one another daily. That's an interesting word. We talk about two hours or three hours on Sunday. Exhort one another daily, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I think Charles might have mentioned it in our class this morning. But how much weaker are you when you don't come to the building to be here with the body? We become weaker because we are not attached any longer to the supply, to the blood flow, to the spiritual flow. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 20 and 21. 1 John 4, 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Strong words. We tell our children, you're not supposed to call people liars. That sounds very harsh, not very nice. If a person says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. A true follower of Christ will love his brother and sister and will show, and that will show in a desire to have fellowship and not avoid one another. Look, I, I get it. We're not all perfect. We don't all get along perfectly from time to time. Maybe people that you don't mesh with just as, as well as you do some others, but we're brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ. It goes beyond that blood bond, that physical bond that we often have. I challenge you. I challenge you this morning to come, but not only to come, but to stay a while. It's amazing what you might learn, the connections you might make when you come and be with God's people. Do you know one of my favorite things is, one of my, my favorite things sometimes is to finish the sermon and us to finish the services and to walk out the back door and I love to stand outside the back door and have nobody come outside. Do you know why that is? Because everybody's still in here and they're talking with each other. I love to go outside on a Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night and be by myself because that means you are in here together. And sometimes it'll happen and I'll have to stand there for a minute. I said, well, I guess I'll just go back inside with everybody else, you know, because I want to be a part of it as well. But how encouraging is it when I know that the folks are hanging around, that they're visiting with one another? Try it sometimes, because when you get to know people, then you understand them. I challenge you to come and stay. And here's the thought. I've shared this with you recently, and I've kind of been thinking about developing it into a lesson. But, but how do we get people to share? How do we get people to open up with their struggles? We were thankful for the example from the Hollands a few weeks ago, and we talked about this kind of thing. This came up not only in that regard with my thinking, but one of the others is that we continue to see, especially men, but not just men, struggle with temptation, with sexual sins, men who are Christians who then are arrested for something, and you say, well, I didn't know. How in the world could they be struggling with that and not tell me or not tell somebody? I'll tell you what it is. Most of the time, it's because they're not connected. Most of the time, it's because they feel like they don't know anybody and they cannot talk to anybody within the church. But when you're connected to people, when you feel like you know someone that you can text them at a moment's notice, you can call them up, you can share your struggles and they will accept that and hear that and help you, then when you're struggling with something like a sexual sin or a temptation or with life, then you'll share it with them. You don't have to come forward to the front and make it known to everybody. It doesn't have to be a big show, but you have to reach out to someone because we wring our hands and we say, how could they be in that state and I not know about it? Maybe because you don't know them and they don't know you. 
Because too often, we're in a hurry to get back to our own lives, and we're not assembling together with the body. Romans chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. See, it's not about making fun of others. It's not about saying, well, I can't believe you struggle with that. I don't know how it is. You must be a bad person. It's not that. It's leading to edification. Paul's words in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. How do we do that? We have to be together. I mean, there's so much texting, emailing that we can do and even calling, which is good. But we have to be together. As we sang just a few moments ago, when each can feel his brother sigh and with him bear apart, when sorrow flows from eye to eye and joy from heart to heart. Let me make one more point here. We'll move on to our last. It's already been prayed for this morning, and we are thankful for our live stream. But the title of the lesson was worded the way that it was for a reason. We want you to be here. You could get the study part at home, watching the live stream. You can listen to a lesson and be encouraged with study. But if you can be here, we want you to be here. You would be encouraged, and you would encourage others, including me, when you're here, present with your family. That's part of the encouragement of being here on Sunday night. Number four, last and finally this morning, why should you be here on Sunday night? Well, hopefully because you want to start your week out right. You know, most people say, what do they say about Sunday? It's the weekend. What do we as Christians usually say as we think about Scripture? It's the first day of the week. And I get the idea. I understand it's just a way of referring to days. I get the idea that we even refer to Monday as kind of the first day of the week. I know that. You go to work, you go to school. That's just kind of the flow of life. But we would like to believe that the world is not really that bad of a place. I think as good people, we look around us and we want to say, you know what, it's not that bad of a place. We like to think that all we need in, in that not that bad of a place, that all we need is to just maintain our spiritual health. And that all we need to maintain our spiritual health is some occasional maintenance. Just every once in a while. Well, I got another news flash for you. The world is anything but neutral. And if we choose to skip out on the church meeting together to go to a movie or to watch TV or just about anything else we can think of, we are being influenced by Satan who wants to corrupt our hearts and keep us in that occasional mindset. I don't need it all the time. I just need a little tune-up. And, and Sunday morning, that hour usually gets it. We should take advantage of every opportunity. And yes, that is a biblical theme even if there's not that verse that mandates a set number of hours. The passage that we always call, that we always call to mind and quote, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. The verse that we usually toss out about attendance at church services. And this is exactly what we are talking about. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but exhorting one another. That's what we should be after. Exhorting one another and notice, and so much more. So much the more with the growing hostility toward Christians and Christianity, with the fact that we are closer and closer to the return of Jesus, we need to be meeting more and not less. When we read Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it's obvious that there were people who were forsaking the meeting times. Question, were they missing on Sunday morning 
or Sunday night? Were they missing on Wednesday night? We don't know. And guess what? It exact, doesn't exactly matter either. There was a time to meet and some people were forsaking it. That's what matters. And the alternative that verse 24 sets the stage for verse 25, the alternative is to stir one another up. Not to anger, not to gossip, not to being mean, but to stir one another up to love and good works. Our elders have set aside a time for us to begin our week with both a time of morning worship and evening worship. What a better way to start our week than to be here together. As we begin to conclude our thoughts this morning, let me just say that I know that there are sometimes good reasons why a person cannot attend every service of the church. And ultimately, hear me again, honestly, ultimately, that is between you and God. There's sometimes you can't be here because of health. We understand that. Somebody says, you know, I've only got so much energy as I get older and I can make it out on Sunday morning, but it's really, really hard at my age or my health to get back out on Sunday night. We understand that. What about darkness? That affects us some of the years, right? We got a couple of our older folks here that always come to me usually and say, you know what, it's getting dark early again and we probably won't be here or we may have to leave as soon as class is over on Wednesday night. And I can see the pain in their face because they know that they want to be here and they just can't because they've got to get home. It's not safe to be driving in the dark. What about work? Some of you work and maybe your hours are different or you work at night. We understand that. But for some people, if we're being honest, often we just decide that something else is more important. When we talk about being here on Sunday night, Sunday morning, class on Sunday morning, class on Wednesday night, what is more important than being with the family, studying the word of God, submitting to our elders? I read this in one article as I was studying a little bit, and it said this, having an evening service keeps the Lord's day the Lord's day. Without the evening service, I find it too easy to treat Sunday worship like an hour to get done at the beginning of the day. With evening worship, Sunday feels like a day set apart. Without, without it, Sunday morning worship feels like one thing to do in the midst of a busy weekend. Why should you be here on Sunday night? Well, our elders have said that the church is going to be here. The church is going to meet and study. You have an opportunity to study. You have an opportunity to study with brothers and sisters. And again, as we just sang a moment ago, how sweet, how heavenly is the sight when those that love the Lord in one another's peace delight and so fulfill the word. We are so thankful to begin our Sunday night services again. We'll be here tonight at 6, and we do hope to see you tonight and every Sunday night as we study and grow together. You know, another thing that the Bible doesn't require that we do but something that is a good custom to have at the end of our lesson is that we extend the invitation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His invitation is one of salvation. His invitation is one of rest and peace. You see, the point about being a part of the body, being a part of the family, you may not understand that because you're here this morning and you're not a child of God. A song has been selected. If you're here and you do not know Jesus, if you're not a child of God, in just a moment, we'll be singing that song. That through its words, we might encourage you to become a Christian. Repent of your sins. Confess Jesus as Lord and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Just as, as those folks did in Acts chapter 2. And just as the Lord did in Acts chapter 2 in verses 41 and 47, he will add you to his church. And you can begin to live faithfully. We strive to remain faithful. 
Part of that is to the services of the Lord's church. Part of that is simply just being faithful to God and to his son. Maybe you're here this morning and you struggled with that. We are about to sing this song that, again, through its words, we might encourage you to come back to him. Maybe you're struggling in life. Maybe it's of a public nature. You'd like to come forward. We're thankful that one of our elders will come forward as well and be willing to pray with you and for you. Maybe it's of a personal nature and you need to make that right with God. We are thankful for the opportunity to be together, not only to study the word of God, but to fellowship. And if you're here this morning and you need the prayers of this church, you need forgiveness of sin, we'll be singing to encourage you as well, even now as we stand together and as we sing.